Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year, almost. We're almost there. That's exciting. Uh, my name's Stan Vitus. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries here. And if you were at our Christmas Eve services, you found out that I'm on the list of people who can uh, somehow speak up here. And they're like, let's go all the way. Let's put them all the way up here. Let's have them teach. If you've been here for a few years, then you know that once a year I get a chance to share what's on my heart with you all, which is fantastic. I do this on Youth Pastor Sunday. It's the Sunday following Christmas Eve, and I'm always excited to do it. And I've got new stuff on my heart that I'm really excited about and can't wait to share with you. As you see, based on my title slide, it's Patterns of gratitude, which I think that we all need, uh, and Scripture tells us that we need. So we're going to get into that. We decide as a church that every year we're going to look back around this time on the year, the years previous, and we thank God for the things that He's brought us through. So, so that's what we're doing today. Um, I want to show you guys something that... It may feel like when you see this picture that, that it's going to be like, oh, of course, this guy's grateful. But I'm going to show you something. This is, uh, this is me and my wife. And, whew, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know this was. Okay. So me and my wife and our, our little baby girl, this is our first child. Uh, this is our only child. And this is this year. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and af- we've been married. This is a picture of us at our 20 year anniversary celebration. So we've been married for 19 years before, uh, this little one showed up at our house. And you could imagine that there's some stuff that goes on of 19 years of being married and not having a kid. Uh, we wanted kids. Just so you know, you're not going, like, if you don't want kids for 19 years, maybe that's great. That's awesome. But for us, we wanted to have a child. And so for 19 years, we experienced um, some, some darker moments, right? We experienced these times of uh, not being able to have kids. Then we actually went on with uh, the adoption process, which is a lot. And we got into that, and that did not work out for us. And then we went into... Uh, the fostering process, and that didn't work out either. 19 years, being married, wanting to have kids, and you could imagine, like I said, that it was kind of dark. And then you have your family and your friends, the people around you who are having kids. You have people who, uh, you, at least from an outsider's perspective, you think they shouldn't even have kids who are having kids. (laughs) And you're going, what's up? What's up, God? Like, what's going on? I mean, I think that the thing that we want is a good thing. A man who loves God and fears Him. A woman who loves God and fears Him. Who wants to have a kid that they can raise in their home so that that kid can learn to know who God is. That's a good thing. Shouldn't your plan be on the same page as my plan, right? Like, it seems like it should line up. And so you can, like I said, you can imagine darkness. Not all bad, though. I want to be honest with you. We are very good at when friends and family have kids. Just so you know, if you've had a kid, don't think I'm sitting here going, oh, 
Had a kid, huh? What do you think? No. We celebrate. We celebrate along with our friends, our family, our church family. And we get excited about the new life that's brought into the family. We are excited about that. But you can imagine the juxtaposition of what's going on in our hearts, right? Both of those things happening at the same time. Excited for our friends and family and loved ones, while at the exact same time, upset. And in a dark moment that we can't have kids of our own. Um, God always gave us something to hold on to along the way. It just wasn't the thing that we wanted. It's important to note that right now. God gave us something to hold on to at all times. There was, there was always joy in our lives. There was always hope. It always existed. Sometimes way below the surface, but it was there. And we are so thankful for the moments that He got us through. Because now we have this little girl. Uh, we have an opportunity to foster adopt this beautiful girl. And um, while still feeling it would never happen, in the darkness, there was this gift. And so, now as she begins to talk, she reminds us of something. She reminds us, this is new, this is in the last couple of weeks, but she goes, pray, pray, pray. She says that. And, uh, and then we pray. Every time, doesn't matter what's going on, we pray. Pray, pray, pray. I think it was like 16 times yesterday, right? Like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's fantastic. We love it. There's a new habit that we have in our home of gratitude. Um, so we're going to look at some examples at, in the Bible really quick on looking back at what God has done. We're going to just take uh, the Israelites being rescued from Egypt and use a couple of quick examples to get us all on the right page. And uh, could I get that water? I'm so sorry. I didn't bring it with me and I should have. I can already feel like my whole... I get nervous up here. I'll be honest. If you don't see it, it's there. Um, but I want to get us on the same page of where we're going here. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's like... That's how, that's how he teaches me the hard way. Just dumps the whole thing out. Okay. It's crazy how much that helps. That's right away. Instantly. Okay. Um, in the Bible, there's a lot of examples of God's people looking back on the things that he's done. We're just going to take this. Them being rescued from Egypt. You can probably think of a few examples yourself. Uh, but them being rescued from slavery. Them being able to cross the Red Sea, uh, they, they are being fed in, in their journey. When they are wandering, they are being fed and taken care of. Uh, they are being rescued from enemies, which there are many. They are being forgiven of their sins, of which there are many, right? Like, so we have all of these things that they get to look back on and see, and we get to actually look back on through them today. Um, but I want to take a passage that they would have known and probably used and recited, and it actually journeys through the darkness and comes out the other side. It's Psalm 77, and uh, before, I, before I read it, I want you to know this psalm, most of the psalms have like so Song of David or Psalm of David or uh, Song of Sons of Korah. 
um, or other authors. This one doesn't have an author and no one knows who wrote it. It also is a little bit interesting. Its writing style is interesting, but it's a really great psalm to put us in a place where we understand that this person is walking through darkness and that they are able to come out the other side through remembering, which is what we're talking about today. So, um, I hope you like it like I do, and I hope you find it relatable. I cried out to God. That's probably what it would have been called. Uh, they usually use the first words of the psalm to say, I'm, we're now going to recite, I cried out to God. So, I cried out to God. I cried aloud to God to hear me. In the day of trouble, I sought the Lord. Through the night, my outstretched hands did not grow weary. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned, I mused, and my spirit grew faint. I want you to continue to remember our story as we go through this, because I think it's important. But maybe you felt this way before, like cries out into darkness, like no, no response is coming back at you, right? Like, God, please help with this. And like I said, good things, right? Good things. Things that you would imagine based on everything you know of who God is are things that He would want to give an answer, a positive answer that helps you in these moments. But you can see that the psalmist is struggling with this. He's going, I'm crying out, I'm crying out. I'm not growing weary. I'm going to keep doing it, but it's not being answered. Nothing is coming back at me the way that I would hope that it would. We're going to move on. <clears throat> you have kept my eyes from closing. I am too troubled to speak. I consider the days of old, the years long in the past. At night, I remember my song. In my heart, I mused, and my spirit pondered. Will the Lord spurn us forever and never show His favor again? Is His loving devotion gone forever? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has His anger shut off His compassion? Okay. I was told early in my marriage, I mean very early, don't use the words always and never, and this psalmist wasn't told that. Uh, is it gone forever? Will He ever show His favor again? This idea of hopelessness and questioning God is also something that might be relatable to you. It... It all comes to a head at this, this next verse. This is Psalm 77.10. So I said, I am grieved that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I mean, that's the thing, right? The God who never changes and you're going, you've changed. You changed. Right? We know the truth. Those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we know the truth. He hasn't changed. But our experiences have changed. The things that are going on in our lives have changed. It's natural to question God. It's natural to have those feelings, right? But I think that this often happens because we are the main character of our story. We are the ones that we are thinking about. And you can hear it in the beginning of the psalm. Like, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. I question this, I question this, I question this. 
Clearly something is going on in this psalmist's life or in the nation's life at the time that he is questioning and not recognizing God as the main character. Now, if you've been a Christian, like I said, for a long time, then you know that you're not the main character. In fact, you know that every character mentioned inside of the Bible that is not God is a side character. It is God's story, right? It's good that it's God's story too. The creator of all things should be the one who the story is about. The one who has the power to change and transform should be the one who the story is about. And yet, we find ourselves in this position, similar to the psalmist, sometimes in the darkness, crying out, our cries not being met, our questions not being answered. And I believe a lot of that becomes heavy and burdensome because we don't recognize God as the main character? Do we behave as though He's the main character? It's natural to have groaning. It's natural to have questions. And maybe even to feel abandoned during these times. But can you still look at what God has done? Let's see what the psalmist does. Like I said, he comes out the other side. I will remember the works of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will reflect on all that you have done and ponder your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You display your strength among the peoples. With power you redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. I need that to read the next part. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and swirled. Even in the depths, even the depths were shaken. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder resounded in the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. God commands the sun, the moon, and the stars. The world responds to him at his every command. He is the main character. The psalmist relents. It's you, God. You are the one that everything responds to. You have shown that you are good. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, but your footprints were not to be found. You led your people like a flock by the hand of of Moses and Aaron. And you know what this is talking about. This moment where God's people are trapped between an army who wants to kill them and put them back in slavery and a sea that will drown them. And there is hopelessness, darkness, and no way out. I don't believe that during this moment the people who had the army coming toward them, the people who had a sea in front of them that they could not cross were thinking, soon this will be taken care of. Right? Don't worry. God's got this. And so like like our situation too, right? After 19 years, I don't think soon this will be taken care of was on my mind. Yet God knew. Right? He knew something I didn't know. 
And he knew something they didn't know. And this psalmist remembers it and says, you are worthy of my praise because you are the God who rescues. You are, and not Him, right? It's really important to remember this because maybe right now in this room you're like, there's, there's darkness right now. Right now there is darkness in my life. You can celebrate the good works of God even when there is darkness in your life. Even when you're going through a dark time. <clears throat> so God knows that we need patterns for this. God knows that you and I need to have things set in our lives so that we can remember where we have come from. God actually gives a pattern to the Israelites. And first I'm going to talk about uh, the relationship we have with people in our lives through reading this, this from Deuteronomy. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. When you are asked in time to come, what's the deal with all this? And you'll be asked this. Maybe it's from a child. Maybe it's from a coworker. Maybe it's from a friend. But you will be asked this. So what's the deal? Why all these, why you follow this? Why are you all in? I could see that you are all in with this. What is going on? You will remember where God has brought you from and you will respond appropriately. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as He has commanded us. You will remember why you do the things that you do. Why you follow God. Why you give Him everything. And you will recognize that it is righteousness for you to do these things. It is good. God sets up a pattern for the Israelites in these feasts. You've probably heard of them, but they, they map the entire year. There's something going on at all times to remember that God has rescued His people. There's the Feast of the Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Firstfruits, Feast of the Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles to recognize that He has taken us from one place to another and He has given us freedom. <clears throat> and we have patterns. We have patterns today. These aren't, these aren't our patterns, right? Like, I don't know the last time that you did the Feast of Trumpets, um, but most of you are probably going, what is that one? Uh, we have patterns of our own today that we just got through, right? We did Christmas. Some of us celebrate for a whole month. Some people start uh, right when Halloween ends and there's Christmas lights up. Some are like, I don't even like Halloween. We're going to start at the beginning of October. Let us go straight through all the way to December. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And in the spring, we celebrate His life, death, and resurrection in Easter. And then we as a church celebrate weekly, right? We celebrate through communion. We celebrate that Jesus came and poured out His blood so that we might be free from sin and death. 
We have these patterns. And maybe you have your own patterns. Maybe there's something that you do at home. Maybe weekly you meet as a family and you read the Bible together. I know some of my students know Psalm 23 super well. And I know that that's because their family recited it to them growing up. I heard they, they I know one, and they said the whole thing, start to finish. And I was like, that's awesome. That's a great pattern to have as a family. And maybe you're hearing me talking going, oh, patterns, that'd be good. Yeah, it would. It would absolutely be good to include patterns in your life. I have gotten a few invites to go through the Bible in a year. That would then start tomorrow, right? So, uh, if you have been thinking about doing that or putting that pattern in your life, today's the day, you guys. doesn't have to be your New Year's resolution. Do it. Put patterns in your life that are going to help you to remember where God has brought you from. Now, it's possible that you're saying to yourself at this moment, I can't find a bit of light. Not in this last year. I'll, even t- I'll take that further. Maybe you're even saying to yourself, from year one to year 99 of my life, I have only been in darkness. I want you to know that God's people were in darkness for hundreds of years waiting and only looking back at what He's done with the hope that He will do something tomorrow. And they lived and died in that but they were still able to celebrate His goodness. They were still able to celebrate Him because there were patterns put in place that helped them to see where they had come from. So now for us, even if the darkness is overwhelming, we can still look back on the greatest good that the Father would offer His Son so that we might live and that the Son would be obedient to the Father. That He would break the bonds of sin and death. That we would be free to look at Christ, the main character of the story, and proclaim, You are my King. We have a new season in our house. We have a season where we have this little girl running around with screams of joy and laughter. I know for some of you who darkness is in your thoughts and minds right now about how the year has been, that you're going, okay, I can't relate. But I just want to share that that just didn't show up and happen. There was a lot of years of waiting. A lot. And I want you to know that in the hardest moments that we went through, in the most difficult things that we experienced over that 20 years, I would do it for I would do it for a thousand more years, knowing what I know now, and knowing the goodness of God. I would suffer through that darkness forever for what He has planned for me. And we get a new pattern in our house, right? We have this new pattern. Pray, pray, pray. 
I can't tell you how good it is to pray and then be done and say amen and then pray again and realize like how grateful you are for who God is. We don't just only say, God, thank you that we have our little daughter. Although that happens a lot, we also pray for our friends and our family, our church family. And it is so good to be reminded of that and to have that pattern in our lives. We're about to enter into communion. And as we wrap up today, I want us to pause for a minute. I want each one of us to pause for a minute and think about what God has done through this year. I understand it may be harder for some than for others. And I want you to know that God understands that too. And maybe that's the thing that you're thankful for. That if it is a dark time, that there's a God who understands you. He knows what you're going through. And you are seen by Him in this time. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pause. And we're going to take a couple minutes to actually think about what it is that God has done in our lives this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn about you, for the opportunity that we have every single day to put new patterns in place. Help us, Father, to push aside any stubbornness that we have that keeps us from moving forward and creating new habits in our lives. Father, I pray that you would help us to push aside anything that is useless in our lives for the sake of patterns that honor you and look to who you are. And God, I pray that we would pause right now and be so thankful. For you so loved the world that you gave your Son so we might be here right now celebrating life instead of death. In Jesus' name, amen.